John, chapter 1. I have often thought if I had to tell somebody, and I think I have, uh, when they want to know how to study the Bible or where to begin, and they don't know much about it, that the Gospel of John is a nice place to start. So, uh, Jordan, yeah. would you read verses 1 to 5, please? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in the darkness, and the darkness comprehendeth it not. Okay, would you read uh, also verses 10 to 18? He was in the world, and the world was made by Him, and the world knew Him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bare witness of him and cried, saying, This was he of whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness have all we received. And grace for grace. And the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. No man has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. What does this tell us about salvation? Um, for my understanding, this text there's a, there's a whole lot of parallels between uh, yeah, this text in Exodus like 34 with uh, Moses seeing God's glory. Okay. Um, and that kind of shows. And he also used a lot of used lots of words like "behold" or like you know we we saw his glory, this and this. And mm-hmm. So it might kind of show that beholding Christ is a is an important part of. That salvation process. Okay, okay. Uh, that salvation isn't like closing a contract. You understand, in, in a legal model of the of salvation, it really everything, all the relationships become contractual, um, and it's sort of like I want to buy salvation, so I go with a bag of brace. And I, I purchase my salvation, and then I close the deal, and it's done. And I can go home and live my life the way I want to. I now have salvation parked in the, in the driveway, so to speak, using the mm-hmm. metaphor of a car. And I, I think that John takes us completely out of that mode and say, no, salvation isn't an entity. Salvation is a person. Salvation is Jesus Christ, and it means entering into a a full and complete uh, uh, relationship of love and trust, and that can occur without a revelation. Anything else in here? Yes, in in verse 12, uh, and I'm out of the NIV, it says, Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become. 
children of God. My version uses the word right too instead of uh, power. Uh, the word is excusia, uh, which means authority. It doesn't mean power. And there's another word for power, dunamis, uh, that is not used here. So the King James Version, this is where the King James Version is wrong. <laughs> it's not power unless you think of power as authority. Yeah. But even deeper, the capacity to receive is also included in here, yeah. regardless of translation. Now think about this for a minute. Each one of us have a capacity to receive. And it is only we who close ourselves off from light that is available to us when we get too far off the scripture, right? There's other ways, too. I have the light, and I'm going to protect it against all costs. Put it under a bushel. So I put, no. it, put it in a box. <laughs> put it in a box and close the lid. No, now it's safe. Right. The Lord did say, let your light shine. Let it shine. Sure. Anything else? I'd like, I'd like you to look at the, at the first verse. In the beginning was the word. Does that remind you of anything else in the Bible? Genesis 1 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And how did he do it? By his word. So in the beginning was the word. This is, this is putting Jesus as the creator right off the bat. John is taking this directly from Genesis 1 1. So Jesus is the word. And that, in turn, sheds light on Genesis 1 1. What is happening in, crea- in the creation story? Is it just God creating the world? Or is there a revelation of the light, of the truth about himself going on in his creation? And I, I maintain, I, I can never figure that out, okay? So what is the revelation? And Well, okay, behold, everything is good, everything is good, everything is good. So God is good. Okay, revelation number one, God is good. And, and that ties in with Exodus 34, 6 and 7. I'll make all my goodness pass before you and proclaim for you my name. <clears throat> but was there more? And then I began to compare and contrast Genesis 1, 1 to 2, 3 with the Babylonian creation story, Enuma Elish. And suddenly it became very clear because I believe the author of Genesis 1, 1 to 2, 3 is familiar with those texts. Those texts were around in Moses' day. So if you believe that Moses wrote Genesis 1, 1 to 2, 3, he had that text available probably orally, but possibly even written because he, uh, he had studied in Egypt and Egyptians during the Amarna period, which is a little possibly a little later than Moses, uh, they were copying Mesopotamian texts in cuneiform um, on clay tablets. And we have some of those texts, and, and we know they're Egyptian because they have they put these little red dots <laughs> all through the text, and, and that's what we know. So, so by comparing and contrasting these two texts, there is some very, very important truths. One is, in, in Enuma Elish, the way Marduk overcomes chaos, the forces of chaos and evil, is to slay them, kill them. And out of the carcass of Tiamat, he creates the world. Where's the killing in Genesis 1, 1 to 2, 3? It's not there. 
and fact. You have the ref- references to chaos and evil in the first two verses, that uh, the earth was empty and formless, or formless and empty, uh, which is used of cities that are raised, so they return to chaos. And uh, I maintain that those images are chaotic images in the ancient Near East. So <clears throat> you have chaos there, and the darkness that goes over the face of the deep. Those are all images of chaos. And then, what does God do with it? He doesn't slay it. What does he do with it? He shapes it. He transforms it. He introduces light. He starts with light. Let there be light. And and what does that do to the darkness? (laughs) The darkness uh, has not understood it. In verse five, yeah, in the NIV, yeah. the darkness has not understood it. But but there's also there's also another way to translate that. It has a two different, very different meanings. The darkness has not been able to put it out. Is the same the same verb can mean both of those translations. Um, so you'll, if you do a wide study of different versions, you'll find some versions doing the darkness does not cannot put it out or does not put it out. Yeah, uh, and in. Other versions, it's the darkness can't comprehend it or apprehend it. So I think of creation when I think of this passage. And I think of what God revealed himself about himself, that he's a nonviolent God, that he did not create the world on force, that he did not deal with evil using force. And that's the true light that enlightens everyone coming into the world. Um. There's something I learned this week, and I'm, I'm reluctant to share it for fear, because I learned it from a student. And I, I value what students read and, and do research on, but this is not coming from uh, the direct source. It's coming secondhand. So I just want you to know that before I venture into the deep. Um, scientists used to uh, interpret the universe through the lens of Newtonian physics and beyond, a little bit beyond. Uh, And then uh, Einstein came up with the theory of relativity, which opened up a whole new uh, paradigm. And and out of that, uh, some other scientists developed quantum mechanics, or quantum physics. And they discovered that there were particles behind the molecules and atoms that make up the building blocks of our everything we know and are. Uh, and those particles, are they call them quanta. Uh, and quanta particles are made of light. And, and this, to me, learning that was just a huge open door. Uh, because for me, when God says, let there be light, what is that light? It's not the light of the sun, it's not the light of the moon, it's not the light of the stars. This is a different kind of light. What is that light? Is it quanta light? Let there be light. Because if quanta is, is the means of creating, you can't create without quanta. Then that's where you'd have to start, isn't it? If it's what's behind the molecules. And, and, and that does imply that there is a God. But it implies something even more awesome to me. And that is that 
truly the light of God's glory is what gives us life. Yeah. Is this, excuse me, is this the light? Because uh, the light is mentioned in like verse three, two, three, that that there was light, and he said, "Let there be light." So the quanta, because it's that's not, that's what I'm I'm thinking. Yeah, it's not the sun, moon, and stars. Right, they don't right. come in until right. That's yeah. That's what I was just saying. Yeah. So let's let's go back beyond that. What is that light? What does that light come from? It comes from God. Yeah. We all believe that. But what does what? How does that come from God? What is? There's more to it than just that. We're not dealing with just physics, because in God, all parts of the whole, the who we are, the physical, the social, the spiritual, the mental, the emotional, all of that is one perfect whole. So, what does the light, the quanta light, come from? Let's look at verse 14. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. When the Bible says that God is light and in him there's no darkness, what is the Bible saying? That's John again. It's actually in First John. What is God is light, and in Him there is no darkness. Is that just physical light, or is it this glory, full of grace and truth? And then you go back to Exodus thirty-four. Thank you for bringing that up, Jordan. Exodus thirty-four. God's glory is the glory of His character, and how is His character delineated? Yahweh, Yahweh, a God, gracious, merciful, long-suffering, abundant goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity, transgression, and sin. But who will know by means clear, clear the guilty? He, he doesn't enable abusers. <laughs> and if you look at it that way, I think of Ellen White's suggestion in, in, uh, in uh, Desire of Ages 764. The glory of him who is love ends up consuming the wicked. So if, if you put all those pieces together, is quanta light coming directly from the source of love? And is love, light, love, holding everything together and creating everything and enabling it to live? See, now we're getting to met- metaphysics, <laughs> not just physics. Um, and, and that's where you end up going with this, this new view of quanta. Uh, Kim, you had your hand up. Um, I was just thinking, because you were saying that quanta is everything, we lost part of our light, our clothing in Eden at the fall. And how did we lose it? Because we, because our first parents decided to rebel in that they gave, they just, they doubted, and they were just They doubted what? God's character. God's love. God's love. Block. Quanta. Mm-hmm. 
And that's how we lost that, that's, it. That's why we can't live forever anymore. Of course, God removed us from the tree of life, so we wouldn't. But it seems, it seems that we have the ability to really literally cut ourselves off from life. And that God has had to create a mechanism by which he can hang on to us long enough so that we can come back to him and reattach to life. Well, this, this is setting the stage for the entire Gospel of John, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And this is, is, I mean, you have these great metaphors, the Word, and the Word creates this light. The Word, and the Word is the revelation of the character of God, as it turns out, in Jesus. So, um, in Him was life, and the life was the light of man. This revelation of the light is what gives us life. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. The glory is the only begotten Son of the Father, uh, full of grace and truth. And no one has ever seen God. He who is in the bosom of the Father, He has declared Him. He who knows Him better than anyone else, who is like just like Him, has made Him known. That's salvation. Because if, if we recognize that, that our loss of the light, our rejection of the light, our, our doubting of the light, cut us off from that eternal life, it's, it's getting us back in sync with that light, which is through love and trust regained. Uh, and that comes through knowing God. He's going to be trusted. I then we have it. the whole plan of salvation. I actually had a translation um, that translated verse 18 when it says declared as uh, he interpreted him. <clears throat> what version was that? It was, super, it was a super literal translation, but are you familiar with the uh, Rotherham's Emphasized Bible? I, I know the name. I've never actually had it, acquired it. Yeah, I, I was like, well, that's really interesting. So he, he, he actually translates it as like he, in, he interpreted God, like he interpreted the Father. <laughs> wow. Yeah. He has declared him. I'd have to do a word study. Mine says he Greek. explained him. He explained him. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. There's some and what, what version is that? Um, NASB. Yeah. He explained him. NIV says, has made him known. Yeah. But there's a heartbreaking commodity to this first chapter. And that comes in in verse 11. And that's, that's just heartbreaking. Yeah. They didn't receive him came to its own and they didn't receive him. Which you're right, does explain like the whole book 